Hello, you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. I'm your host, Rev. Brad Kenny. I serve as volunteer chaplain to the Colorado Rapids of Major League Soccer. And today I have a special guest, Chaplain Ryan Doyle. Ryan serves Christ Presbyterian Academy's boys soccer program in Nashville, Tennessee. And before serving as chaplain, he was a longtime soccer coach there for the program. Ryan today shares about his faith, his family, and the journey God has had him on since a transformative moment when a friend in high school challenged him to live out his faith differently. So stay tuned. We get stuck in with Ryan right after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Well, hello, Ryan, and welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you. Hey, Brad. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Ryan, um, why don't you share with us a little bit about your life story and your history? How did you become a pastor of a church, a volunteer chaplain with Christ Presbyterian Academy? Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, there's there's a long version of that, but I'll, I'll keep it a little tighter. Uh, I, you know, I come from a Christian family, but I actually didn't become a believer through my family, as wonderful as they are. Um, I had been going uh, to church with them, but... Um, Late, late in sort of uh, middle school, early high school, I was sort of in my darkest days, and it came through a friend who wasn't really like a close friend yet. He was just an acquaintance, and the Lord used him to just speak words of conviction to me about uh, he, he knew that I called myself a Christian, but my actions, my words, man, that, there was not a match there. And uh, my friend Clay just spoke boldly to me about, he said, hey, listen, uh, I would just encourage you to look at the scriptures and look at, you know, what what the Lord calls you to. And uh, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> basically, you shouldn't be calling yourself a Christian <laughs> if you have no intention of living that way, which is bold uh, for a freshman in high school to say, but that's how the Lord got a hold of me. And um, and so, uh I started going to youth group with my friend Clay and that's how I came to the Presbyterian church, which I had, didn't have any affiliation with before, but I became a believer there. And so, um, Brad, I, I actually, you know, sort I came to youth ministry initially right out of college because, um, I didn't feel a sense of calling to it yet. That came later. I just, um, knew the impact that my discipleship group leader and youth leaders had had on me by just seeing them, pour into me. They, they saw that I had an interesting testimony and that I sort of sowed my wild oats at a young age. <laughs> Praise God, I couldn't drive yet. <laughs> Could have been much worse, you know. Um, but they really poured into me. And I said, you know, I just I just want to go into youth ministry because that's a great way to make an impact. And um, But it, it wasn't a sense of calling. And so, um, you know, after I did that for a number of years and then um, uh, there wasn't a way to kind of make the bills work once, once my wife had our first son, uh, is, is now, uh, you know, 18 and a half coming on 19. Uh, there wasn't a way without my wife's salary for me to support all three of us and what I was making in youth ministry. And so I got into uh, orthopedic sales for a couple of years and loved it. It's great. Um, but it's one of those things where, um, I wasn't intending to be running, uh, away from Nineveh and the Lord, <laughs> but I, 
I got, I just, I just knew that I was, it's like, Ryan, orthopedic sales is great. It's lucrative. You got a great boss. This is a great field and there's money to be made, but this is not what you were made to do. And so it was actually, I'd actually already done several years of ministry and been coaching for a while before I really felt the call to ministry. So there was a big whale that came out of the middle of nowhere, swallowed you up, gobbled you up. And- <laughs> yeah, right in the middle of Middle Tennessee, which is surprising. Um, but no, and so, yeah, and so that's that's sort of got me to where I really felt called to it, to where, you know, it became a, I'm being disobedient to the Lord if I don't pursue ministry vocationally full-time as a pastor. Um, that sort of became clear. And so I got serious about seminary at that point and uh, got an opportunity to come teach. I'd already been coaching at CPA, but I got an opportunity to come teach Old Testament here. And I did that for a number of years. And then the elders at this church um, recommended, I, I had been getting my Master of Arts, which is a great degree, but not the degree you need to get ordained in our denomination. So they said, hey, we really appreciate your studies, but we think you need to go get your MDiv which means you need to move to St. Louis. Um, And so we felt the Lord telling us that that was right. So um, went and did my, I had done about half of the workload (laughs) for an MDiv through my previous studies, because some of it transferred over from one degree to the other. But then we went up to St. Louis and finished up the last two years there and then came right back to Christ Pres to do youth college families uh, now at the church. I had been at the church, then I was at the school, then I went back to the church all the while coaching soccer, but that's how I came to ordain ministry. Um, you're, and then you're a few a years tough, after that, we felt called. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you're a tough guy to nail down. I mean, yeah, you're here and then there and then well, wow. Well, you know, you know, it's it's weird. I mean, some of it may be character flaws on me, but I, we, I, you know, Lindsay and I both, we really just like to. We we feel like the Lord um, has just given us a clear, a pretty clear sense of of knowing what He's calling us to, and um, and so as as the, you know, the current shifts a little bit, if there's a different way we're supposed to be going, that's a slight alter uh, altering. Uh, we do that. And so in some ways, brother, I've been here since 1992 when I became a Christian. <laughs> wow. um, and in other ways, um, you know, I, I, I worked at the, the church, you know, just youth guy and literally youth guy. And then I was a teacher and then I was the youth pastor and I've been a soccer coach kind of all throughout. And now I pastor a different church. We planted a church back in 2014 and uh, I pastor that church full time, Mercy Presbyterian. But um, soccer has been a constant through all of it um, because I, um, you know, I, I love it as a soccer, you know, a former soccer player. I just love soccer. But ultimately, it's such an opportunity to invest in these young men um, several hours a day over a long season when they're really sort of vulnerable and exposed. As you know, I mean, we really get an opportunity to get into their hearts um, and engage them with the gospel. So, yeah. yeah. So t- tell me a little yeah. bit more about your soccer playing background. Yeah. Yes. Uh, about my soccer playing. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I played all the way up through, um, I played club actually, um, all the way up through my parents when I was sort of going through my, uh, not walking with Jesus (laughs) days. Um, I actually needed to transfer away from the school where I had been going, which was a spectacular soccer school to like the only school in Nashville that didn't have a soccer team. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't play high school soccer for my school. I just played club all throughout. Um, but that ended up being the greatest thing in the world. Cause that's where I became a believer. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is a Brentwood Academy, which is just down the road. Uh, that's where I became a believer. And that's, um, how I felt called to go to Sanford where I met my wife. So my entire life's different if I hadn't gone to that school, but it sort of threw the soccer plans off 
Um, but it was great because um, you know, I, I felt called to go to Sanford. Sanford, um, I had a couple different opportunities to go play sort of varsity college soccer, but I wanted to go to Sanford, which has a club program, which is great. Uh, they, they play basically all the SEC schools because hardly any SEC schools have a varsity team. They have club. And so we played okay. UT and Georgia and Alabama and Ole Miss. And they were, you know, I mean, you're getting, you're getting premium soccer players for those club teams um, because they don't have varsity. And so uh, it was really fun. So Sanford, I mean, we'd, we'd go play these big SEC schools. It was, it was, it was a blast. Sure. And, um, and it just, it, it, it fed real naturally back into coaching because I was, I came straight out of college into youth ministry and they said, Hey, go plant yourself at one of the campuses here in town and go coach something, not even knowing, you know, that's sort of what my youth boss said, not even knowing how much I just loved and wanted to dive into soccer. So I took my marching orders and said, okay, I'm going to go try to bless the socks off of these guys through the vessel of coaching, but really as a ministry. And so I've um, been doing that since 1999 and wow. Uh, wow. just just love it. And so there've been times when I've been head coach, there've been times when I've been assistant coach and just sort of back and forth with that at different seasons. But uh, I'm now chaplain, and uh, man, I'm happy as a clam. It's wonderful. Um, so I still sort of get to have insight with the other coaches, but I don't have any responsibilities as a coach. This is my first year of not having any coach coaching responsibilities in a long time, and it's great. As much as I love coaching, it's good to just be a chaplain. So yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Ryan, you you hold a few distinctions amongst yeah. uh, the Soccer Chaplains United group. Uh, you and your wife, Lindsay, you, you guys have the biggest family. You've got six and uh, you're one of two high school chaplains we currently have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure you might be the most educated. Um, although we do have uh, one of our bilingual chaplains has his doctorate from Calvin. <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's he, pretty outstanding. He's yeah. a few years older than you. So okay. I don't know, maybe you're ahead okay. of the curve there. But um <laughs> Tell I don't us. know about that. I'm a glutton <laughs> for punishment, maybe. I just love school. <laughs> so, well, know. tell us what it looks like to be sort of this full-time pastor, full-time student, full-time dad, full-time husband, full-time yeah. Yeah, so much. you got so much on your plate. What, what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can talk about it more broadly just in terms of all the different sort of ministry things that are going on. But, you know, one thing that's great about that with soccer is it is um, it provides and the chaplaincy is it, it really provides a great opportunity, brother, to really just lean into the Lord and really trust the spirit and say, you know, whereas, you know, as coach, I could be there all day, every day, every practice, not miss thing. Um, you know, I'm popping in and out much more as a chaplain. And it's a great opportunity to trust the spirit to say, Lord, um, help me to see the coachable, teachable moments. When there is a ministry moment, when there is something that has happened in practice, either to the team or to an individual, you know, somebody on the sideline, and you can just sort of sense, here's a place where the gospel speaks to what just happened. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's really special. And, and that can only come from the Lord. And um, being a little bit more scattered out among multiple responsibilities now than um, maybe ideal, <laughs> um, I, I really have to I have to look for my moments. And God is just gracious and um, and He's faithful. We know that theologically, but I experience it empirically all the time. The Lord just sort of opens up these doors, and nice. and we get and I get little moments to say, Hey, listen, um, I can see that you're frustrated that you know, hey varsity roster just came out and, um, you you didn't, you know, you're below that you're on JV and I can see, you know, I can, I can feel with you the hurt 
And I can imagine that there may be a sense of feeling inadequate. And uh, I just want to encourage you about your true identity in Christ. And it's not about being the starter or having this position locked down, or even the fact that you're a good soccer player. It goes deeper than that. Um, you, are, you are a son of the king, and you have been called the treasured possession and the dearly beloved of the king of kings. And so let's anchor ourselves in that identity and not get locked into um, comparing ourselves against others. We want to be competitive. We want to be the best we can be. We want to pursue excellence, but let's not fool ourselves that that's who we are. And you, you, you man, you get 50 different versions of that moment every season. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so for you, sure. You, for you sure. Look and, jump on. and then, you know, I don't, uh, um, in terms of sort of balancing all that we're doing, brother, uh, I, I say that the Lord is incredible. Okay, there's a couple things. The Lord is incredibly gracious. Uh, that's not just a theological point. I, I am I am walking in that. Um, and I have an unbelievable wife who is a phenomenal wife, a phenomenal um, mother to our children. And she's, she's a phenomenal ministry partner. Sweet. Because Sweet. Um, she's very generous with knowing that I need to be places and that I need to give myself away to other people a lot. And she allows that because she loves Jesus more than she loves me. Hmm. And, um, and, 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 and so the Lord is gracious to give us sweet times together. Um, I have, you know, and so God is gracious. My wife is wonderful. And ultimately here's the main thing I tell people, Brad, I love almost every aspect of everything that I'm doing. And so you know, I'm sort of logging a lot of hours per week at this season of my life. But I always tell people, if 95% of your job description is in your sweet spot, you can work a lot of hours and it gives you life. It yeah. doesn't take life sure. from you. Sure. And so sure. I wish I had a little bit more time for old friendships. <laughs> I wish I had a little bit more time for self-care and fly fishing. But I, I mean, I'm uh, I'm passionate a church that I love and feel deeply called to. I get to teach students here at the school. I get to, I get to open the word with students who have hearts wanting to learn for five hours a day. Uh, I, I get to do the same thing with Bellhaven students. Um, and I'm writing my dissertation because I just can't get enough research and study. <laughs> so it's like the Lord just sort of gives you um, what you need and getting to coach or getting to be part of, you know, the chaplaincy program with soccer. When I have two sons on the field, a senior and a freshman, I'm like, this is quality time with my sons. This is enjoying God's kingdom and his creation. This is using my gifts for the sake of, you know, these, these young men that I love and adore in this program I've been a part of for two decades. It's a win on all sides. Sure. Um, sure. So, so say yeah, more, say, say more Ryan about your, yeah. your son. He's a senior. Is he yeah. headed off to college? Is he got a, is yeah. he going to play soccer? What, tell us about him. That's great. Yeah. Thanks brother. Um, my, yeah. So my oldest son, Noah is a senior and he's good. He's headed to covenant college, um, on lookout mountain, uh, just outside Chattanooga. He's heading there in the fall to play soccer with them. They have a spectacular program. Um, you know, we really try to run our soccer team as a ministry, love God, love the brothers, love the game. And it, and that order is at the heart of everything we do. We say it every practice, <laughs> every game It's on our shirts, uh, don't get separated from love God, love the brothers, love the game. Um, and one of the things that's so uh, wonderful about Covenant College is it's very much the same way. They have an outstanding program. They're a really good soccer team, well-coached, excellence on every front, um, which is also true of CPA soccer. But they really run it like a ministry as well. And so I'm sitting there talking with the coaches. And what they're wanting to do is disciple young men. 
Nice. Soccer is the vehicle and they love soccer and they know their stuff and their teams are great, <laughs> but they want to shape young men as they're growing more and more in, into manhood as we're all following the good shepherd. And um, I'm thrilled that Noah's only going to be, you know, two hours away for me to go see him play on Saturdays, but I'm more thrilled even than the soccer at the men who are going to be pouring into him for the next four years through that program. So really excited about that. And then, my younger son, Judah, um, who is uh, Ugandan and just an absolute freak of an athlete. Um, he could be going somewhere to do a track and field scholarship. He can jump through the roof. Uh, he's also a great, great soccer player. So who knows what will happen with him? He's just been, you know, gifts from God have just been dropped down <laughs> to, to Judah. So. so so for Judah, what does he enjoy playing more? Does he enjoy track and field, soccer, or a different sport? He, he enjoys them both for different reasons. He enjoys soccer because – um, he's great at it, and um, because because uh, I'm one of the coaches, and because his older brother plays, and, and so we all have a great time with it. Um, you know, he honestly he's so good at track. Um, he's actually he's a very 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 good soccer player. He's a phenomenal track athlete. So um, right now he's enjoying soccer more, especially since Noah's a senior. Um, ultimately, I don't you know he could have a future in either one, but. Um, He's high jumping at a level already and has been since middle school that, uh, you know, some of my buddies who jumped in college, they're like, I wasn't jumping those numbers until I was a sophomore, junior in high school. And Judah's been doing that for years. Um, nice. Now you've got without really even having that. So, so yeah. uh, t- tell us a little bit about them. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, brother. I, I can talk about my kids all day. Is this podcast like six hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then I have four daughters. Uh, I have a, a daughter who's a junior. Uh, named Bella, who's just a delight. Uh, she is um, full of the Lord. She really walks closely with God and um, wants to wants to go into something where she can just love on kids all the time, whether that be education sort of, you know, properly through the school setting or um, working with a, a nonprofit and an, an orphanage. Just she just wants to um, be with young with young kids and um, sharing the gospel. So she's in a sweet spot. Um, she's the only one of my kids who doesn't go to CPA. She goes to a classical school down the road that is outstanding and a perfect fit for her. Um, she went to CPA for a number of years and, um, and loved it. And then it became clear that there was a different school for her. And then my second daughter, Emma Lynn, who's a sophomore is also a delight. Um, she is one of those people. Um, she's so sweet and she's so humble and she's so, um, not thinking highly of herself. And yet she's just been given all these incredible gifts from God. She sings like an angel. Um, she, you know, she, uh, makes friends easily. Um, she makes good grades easily and sort of does everything effortlessly, but doesn't draw attention to herself and is really humble about all of it. And she's just a delight. And then I, t- I told you about Judah. Judah's my, my freshman son. <laughs> he's such a great athlete and he's such a great personality. He's just, he's just laid back and chilled out and not stressed about stuff. And uh, just really likable. I mean, all the different groups of kids like him, the athletes like him, the, you know, the theater kids like him. Uh, he just, he fits in well. Um, now Judas, Judas from Uganda. Is that right? He's from Uganda. Yeah. He came from a big city in Uganda. Uh, he was born in Kampala and we adopted him out of Jinja. So those are sort of, Two of the, you know, I mean, Kampala is by far the biggest city, and Jinja um, is the second biggest city, and it, um, it, it's a really cosmopolitan place. Um, my next daughter, Eden Hannah, is from Masindi, which is a, sm- a smaller town uh, much further north. Um, there's lots of missionaries in Kampala and lots of churches in Kampala and in Jinja, 
Um, Masindi is a little bit more remote and not many missionaries up there. And so um, we've done some mission work there. Yeah. Yeah. To say a little bit about that um, before you get into your last daughter there. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm having so much fun talking about my kids, but you know, maybe nobody else is having as much fun as I am. I'll I'll come back to them. But um, yeah. So yeah. um, We started, you know, the, the place where Eden Hannah um, came to us from, she, she, she didn't live at that orphanage because they didn't have the ability to take care of newborn, (laughs) but she was taken to that orphanage um, by her uncle um, when she's you know, two, three days old. The mom um, was not capable of taking care of her. Um, but uh, she was, and, and so she was taken to this orphanage, um, but the orphanage didn't take care of newborns. And so they basically just kind of held on to her until they, a foster parenting situation could be arranged there in Uganda. Um, and long story short, <laughs> man, I could fill three podcasts about God's story of bringing Eden Hannah to us because it was unbelievable how God did that. Um, but we were able to see the facility in which she had lived really just for a few days. And the people who ran it were so kind and full of the spirit and love the Lord, um, but just didn't have resources. They just didn't have any, I mean, they, they made the most of the resources they have. You can't believe how industrious they were with what they had, but there was just, there was just tremendous need of resources. And it was just obvious everywhere you looked. Um, and myself and another gentleman who were both adopting, we're, we're friends here um, in Nashville, and we're both adopting out of the orphanage, just said, man, that we, we know so many people who have resources and would probably love to be generous toward this situation if they just knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started taking teams there in the summertime, Brad, um, to Masindi to just go love on these kids and the, and the, and the family that was running this, this children's home um, to do vacation Bible school and to do service projects and to just build short-term trips for a long-term mission. Started in 2011. We still go. Um, COVID isn't allowing it right now, but we still go. And and those are still some of my dearest friends um, are, are are there in Masindi. Nice. So um, God's been really gracious to us. A, A couple other uh, large nonprofit ministry partners have gotten involved and you wouldn't believe how God has provided for that children. So it's so cool. So So you've adopted two from Uganda and your last, your last daughter. Yeah. And then our youngest daughter, Virginia May is from China and we adopted her, um, just over two years ago. And, uh, and man, she's a little delight as well. She has some special needs, uh, which just make her, um, all the more fun to be around. She's a little spark plug of a personality. We call her uh, our sunshine ray, and uh, that's not nearly bright enough of, a, of an adjective for her, <laughs> her personality. So, nice. yeah. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, Eden Hannah, my, uh, my, my second youngest daughter, is a delight and takes incredible care of her youngest sister. Uh, we had COVID a couple weeks ago. Eden Hannah was <laughs> basically watching Virginia May on our behalf because almost everyone else in the house had COVID. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's man. Brother, I could talk about it all day. We have a blast. And again, the Lord is just so gracious because um, it can happen so often that people who love the Lord and want to, you know, parent well and, and, and do those things. And there's just situations where, it, you know, different kids go through different seasons of time. Um, we happen to be in a season where all of our kids are really in a great place. Our kids who are old enough to understand are all walking with the Lord um, and Virginia May is just a little angel. Um, so, uh, the Lord's just been gracious to us and it's not because we're great parents or have done anything right. It's just the the Lord has just given our family favor and we don't know 
why he has done that to us, but we just try to hold it with open hands and say, how can we, you know, knowing that we don't have so much family drama and we don't, we have plenty of drama, but knowing that our family is such a gift to us, how can we as a family figure out how many different ways we can be serving the kingdom and, and the best ways to do that. So, nice. it, I mean, it, it goes to what I said earlier. It all comes together. God is yeah. gracious. My wife is amazing. And I love what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, yeah it so, all works. <laughs> so Ryan, uh, share yeah. a little bit more about CPA. What, what did things look yeah. like last year, you know, yeah. given that yeah. COVID came, COVID hit? I, I forget, but I think <clears throat> your guys' uh, high school season's a little yes. bit different than where I'm at in Colorado. Yeah. But w- what were some challenges and things you guys had last season and what's kind of trickling over into this year? Yeah, it was wild, brother. Um, so we got our preseason games in. Um, we, you always get you know three or four sort of preseason scrimmages. We got those in uh, in late February of twenty, and uh, in early March, you know by then COVID had come to the U.S. The, the first cases were there. The first case was in Tennessee right after the tornado came through Tennessee a year ago yesterday. Then the, then the first cases in Tennessee were right after that, and uh, and I was on the D.C. trip as a chaperone with my eighth grade now freshman son Judah. And uh, it was wild because four places that we went in a row, like we shut down. We were like the last tour. Like we, we went to the last tour of the National Cathedral, uh, the Holocaust Museum, Arlington Cemetery, and the NBA game. They all closed their doors <laughs> behind wow. us. Wow. And so, Brad, um, that week I was gone. I didn't even get to see them. But they only got – they got two varsity games last year before everything shut out. And um, it's kind of funny. I mean, two of the teams that uh, they're wonderful schools and we're friends with the coaches and players, but they're just not quite as competitive soccer wise. And so we, we sort of mercy ruled both of them. If you're up nine Oh at halftime, you know, that's, mm. that's it. Yeah. And so our record last year was two and Oh with an 18 to nothing goal goals for and goals against differential, which, wow. you know, isn't, isn't, we're not necessarily that good, but we're, we're pretty good, but that, that's the way So they only got two full season games. And then, brother, we um, the seniors wanted to keep as much going as they could. And so they we sort of do a team Bible study led by the seniors, and they kind of kept that going through Zoom. And the, the, the captains and seniors kind of kept on sending out, hey, workouts, you know, here's how far you run today. Hey, make sure you, you know, whether it's free weights or if you've got access to a gym at your house, you know, some of these kids do, um, make sure you're working out. And so they, you know, because we didn't know at any point, are they going to, is the season going to be back on? And so yeah. they kept you know, doing the discipleship part and kept doing the fitness part. And then it was probably the third, third week of April or so that the state was like, Hey, it's uh that's not going to happen. There isn't any way that we can get these games in the season. And so that was hard brother. I mean, because those seniors just, just got their legs taken out from under them, you know, yeah. um, you know, what they had been looking forward to, you know, getting to be senior, some of those guys getting to be captains, and just swept out from under them after only two games. Um, but they showed incredible character to keep on, have a great attitude and keep on leading with the, with the workouts and with the Bible study. And so we usually do a big senior celebration and, you know, celebrate everybody at the end of the year. Uh, we couldn't do that, but we all, we, we did like a senior recognition in the front yards, all the players mm. in their cars. Nice. <laughs> nice. Know, COVID stayed. Yeah. And we went to eat. We went to each of the seniors' houses one by one, and the seniors came out on the front lawn, and uh, the coaches came and stayed, you know, 15 feet away or so, and spoke words of blessing over them, and all the guys honked, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, that's that's how you do senior recognition when yeah. it, when the world was shut down last May. Yeah, but, um, yeah, we've all had to pivot and adapt yeah. for sure. So, so Ryan, totally. when does when does the season kick off for you guys officially? 
Yeah. So um, it's it'll be uh, the the sort of third full week of March, March twenty second, twenty third, right in that week. I think um, probably the week after this podcast airs is is what we'll be looking at, and um, and we're excited. Uh, you know, we we've got um, a, a strong squad again this year. We you know um, we we strive for excellence and God's been gracious to us that we're, we're a competitive program We're we we've won a, a good deal of state championships and we're in the state championship game, or at least the final four almost every year. And, um, looking forward to a good season ahead. I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. Right. You know, sure, not that sure. I necessarily believe in that, but, uh, you know, you, you never know how things are going to shake out with injuries and challenges and trials, but we've got a good team. Um, and just sort of looking forward to, you know, just from the soccer standpoint of it, it's fun to just get out there with the X's and O's and the overlapping runs and, go have some fun from a chaplain standpoint. Like I said, I'm thrilled because as much as I love the coaching, this is my first year where I just get to be a chaplain. Um, and as you and I have discussed, you know, even when I was coach and chaplain, there can be a little bit of a hesitation. Well, I don't really want to tell coach them. Yeah. Going through this because what if somehow that hurts my position on the team or he feels like I'm selfish, you know, but if I'm jealous of this other player who's got my starting spot, am I allowed to share that? Or will I look like I'm not a good teammate, but when you can sort of get the coach hat entirely off and be, I'm a chaplain, I am here to care for you and pray for you and encourage you and support you. Um, it really does open that door up even more for players to come be open and get prayer and, and have conversations. And so I'm, pumped about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's one of the things that sometimes I have to remind coaches a lot about, whether they're high school or college, especially is just, hey, you know what, you're doing a great job. You're building character, you're speaking into these young men, but you make you make decisions about playing time or scholarships or or other things that sometimes get in the way. And that's the beauty of chaplaincy, I think sometimes is we come in no agenda. We can kind of be objective. We can be on the outside. We can offer our insight and um and kind of have that almost neutral role and, and supportive on both sides. And mm. so, yeah, it's a, it's, you're right. That distinction's important. And, and sometimes that can be a real challenge too, uh, for the shared hat roles that, uh, sometimes, sometimes we have. It is. Um, uh, and, and, and you said it, I mean, you know, the, the, so many of the coaches that we get to work with are just such phenomenal leaders anyway. And in my situation, uh, he's a phenomenal Christian leader already. Right. Um, and it has, you know, not having anything to do with whether he's a great leader or a great Christian example or whether the players love him, which they do. As you said, he's the one who makes the call on this one starts, this one doesn't. And them being aware of that, there's just a hesitation, um, not because of the man, but because of the title coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Ryan, if you had to call it um... – what yeah. do you think? You guys think you you win state champs championship oh, this year, or I I know that's a big stretch. Uh, yeah, it's but. it's hard to call. We you know we we have wonderful teams just in our district. Um, with you know, with whom we have friendships, you know, friendly rivalry, but we respect those programs. Um, one of our one of our um, best rivals and some of my best friends are at a school just down the road from us. Um, called Grace Christian Academy. I, I would love for them to have a chaplaincy program at some point. I think that's uh, a great, I think there's opportunity there because they've got guys on their coaching staff who are pastors. I mean, they are ministering to those kids. Uh, one of whom is basically one of my best friends and an elder at our church. So um, they, and they are phenomenal as a soccer team. Um, and, and we have great battles with them. You know, we've gotten the best of those battles, um, but anyone looking objectively would say, those two teams are spectacular. Uh, nice. And they had been in a lower division for a couple of years. We played them anyway, just 
for a friendly rivalry. But the, you know, and they've won state and that division, and they, and they are dominant. So it's gonna be fun to say we didn't get to play last year because of COVID. So it'll yeah. be fun to see what happens. These guys will be going head to head for the first time in several years. Oh wow! And, uh, and they're great, you know. And so yeah. uh, they're certainly one of the teams standing in our way, and we have had nothing but respect and admiration for them. We want to go beat them. So let's yeah, go. yeah, that's a matchup <laughs> to watch, I guess. Well, yeah. I, as we come to a close today, I, w- I want to ask you in a minute just to say a blessing, maybe in the spirit of St. Patrick, as as today is St. Patrick's Day, and I want you to pray not just for the CPA Lions, but for high school soccer teams around the country. You know, I, I think you and our other high school chaplain, Greg Novitsky, are in a unique position, yeah. understanding that high schoolers have had a, a lot of challenges. I think, especially if you're a, a junior or a senior and you've been playing uh, in your high school the last the last year or so, you know, maybe you missed out on some college recruiting opportunities or or maybe just missing out on having a season. I know that's been a big challenge for, for boys and girls around the country, but, um, you know, maybe your prayer just kind of includes thinking of the high school senior who's who's about to go off to college. I, I know your own son is, and, and so it's yeah. going to be neat to kind of track with you and track with him and see how he does at, at Covenant. But uh, Ryan, would you just take a minute and, and close us out with a prayer? Yeah, I will. And I'm going to I'm going to open uh, with just a word in, in honor of St. Patrick uh, from St. Patrick's breastplate, a well-known prayer. Uh, and I think it applies to us as men and, and to our players as men, uh, the ones who know the Lord and are wanting to be examples and, and certainly applies to us um, as chaplains and, and what we're feeling called to. So I'll sort of open with that and then we'll just have a little bit of free prayer. Right. Nice. nice. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Lord Jesus, we pray the words that St. Patrick prayed, just uh, wishing for uh, this to be true of us. So aware of our identity with Christ, that this would be uh, what is true of us. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left. Christ, when I lie down, Christ, when I sit down, Christ, when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Lord Jesus, we need what only you can give, which is grace sufficient to bring light to a world of darkness and life to a place uh, and, and to hearts Um, that are dead in sin. And so, Lord, we thank you for the ways that you have provided for us. Uh, We thank you for the opportunities we've been given to minister to these uh, players. And God, we just pray that as we are with them, it wouldn't be uh, Brad and Ryan and all the rest of these wonderful chaplains that they are seeing, but they would just see Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me. Lord, be with us, dwell with us richly. So if these kids see your light and your truth. And Lord, I, I do pray for our players. And I, I, as, as we've said, I pray for these seniors who have experienced something incredible with their junior years being completely disrupted. Senior years for different kids at different schools in different states. Maybe they've been in school. Maybe they've been remote. Maybe it's been all from Zoom. Everyone has a different situation, but Lord, we have the same God. And so I pray that you would give comfort, that you'd give uh, assurance, that you'd give protection. Lord, help these players to be strong. Help these players to be courageous. Lord, help them to see clearly uh, the path that you have before them. So many questions, even without it being a COVID world, there's so many questions in that senior year about where to go, what to pursue, what to prioritize, 
Who am I going to be? And Lord, we know that you are directing all those things in your perfect time. And you are putting these young men and women on the path that you have for them so they can walk according to your truth. And so, uh, O King of Kings, our good shepherd, we thank you that you do go before us. You do come behind us. And Lord, you do walk next to us. And so, Lord, help us uh, to be uh, a light to those in the darkness and to be ambassadors of your gospel in the different uh, areas where we are serving your kingdom. Thank you so much for this ministry. Uh, I pray that you continue to show your favor and grace uh, upon Brad and the rest of the leadership the board of Soccer Chaplains United. Lord, you have us scattered around the country in different kinds of programs. And Lord, we are thankful for that. And pray you just bless us that we may be a blessing to those to whom we've been called. We pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us today. This is Rev Brad and Ryan Doyle coming to you from the touchline.